Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm okay. I am like off of adrenaline right now. That's it. That's all I got going. I've got all no right. sleep, no nothing. It's going to be Yay. a wild ride, guys. <laughs> Stop highlighting stuff. Oh, sorry. Okay. My mouse got out of control. <laughs> sorry. My bracelet got stuck, and so it was moving. <laughs> Y'all came on a good night. I don't know what to tell you. Did I tell you that my Iron Man bracelet got caught on my my necklace? <laughs> <laughs> Your jewelry is conspiring to kill you. <laughs> It is. So I was just like stuck with my hand up like near my face. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Sorry. Okay. Hi. 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 Ready. Okay. I really can't believe you've never heard of this case. Okay. Uh Uh-uh. I know. It's wild. When I was reading this, I'm like, what? What happened though? I don't. This one's wild. This one is wild. Hi guys. I'm Kelly. And I'm Ashley. And welcome to A Day With Murder. case today is from august 30th 2013 i feel like everybody should know this case i feel like it's more maury in this case <laughs> oh <laughs> but apparently i'm wrong okay so am i the only one that did not know about this we'll find out because i, I really i couldn't believe you hadn't heard had this case okay bryce david Pisa was born on april 30th 1994 making him 28 years old today he was born in springfield illinois to karen and michael When Bryce was beginning college, the couple retired and they moved to California. Karen and Michael settled in Laguna Niguel in Orange County. Bryce was going to Sierra College to study graphic and industrial design, so he was a little less than 500 miles away in Rockland, California. He is described as having artistic talent, especially in photography, and a charming manner. Someone who made friends easily. He had a great freshman year making good grades. He became good friends with his roommate, Sean Dixon, and began dating fellow student Kim Sly. 500 miles away? Like... Am I the only one that doesn't want to be that far away from my mama? No. I mean, like, you're going to move to California and then go to college 500 miles away. And it was a community college. Was it? Or it is now. I Googled it. And, I mean, it's a community college now. That's why I was so confused by that. It's not like it was a big, it's not like it's UCLA that's 500 miles away. It's a community college. Two weeks before his sophomore fall semester began, Bryce moved back to Rockland after being home with his parents for the summer. Soon after, Kim and Sean began noticing a difference in Bryce. The once friendly, outgoing Bryce was becoming withdrawn, erratic, and depressed. He admitted to Kim, with Sean confirming this, that he had been taking Vyvanse. It's usually used for ADHD, which Bryce didn't have, and side effects include psychosis, depression, and mania. It's the same thing as like Adderall. It's really common for like college students to take Mm -hmm. that to stay awake and stuff. Uh, He said he was using it to help him stay awake. And Sean noticed Bryce's increase in alcohol usage too, sometimes going through two-fifths of liquor in one weekend. That's a lot. And that is a bad combination. Yeah. Because... With Adderall or um, Vyvanse, stuff like that, you can drink and it, the way that it's processed in your body, it doesn't, that it takes more for the alcohol to affect you. Mm-hmm. So you can just like drink and drink and drink and that's just doing nothing but damaging your body. I was about to say, you know and I mean? it, just because you don't feel it doesn't mean it's not damaging you. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. 
On August 27th, a few days before his disappearance, Bryce broke up with Kim through a text that said she'd be, quote, better off without him. That same day, he sent a text to Sean, too. It said, quote, I love you, bro. Seriously, you are the best person I've ever met. You saved my soul. This was an unusual type of text for Sean to receive from Bryce. Later that day. All I can think about is when I'm like really nice to you and you're just like, ew. (laughs) (laughs) I could just see Sean being like, what? What is? Uh, okay, thanks. Okay, bye. Well, then it makes me wonder if he's drinking, if he's an affectionate person when he drinks right. anyway. So it's just kind yeah. of like, oh, for heaven's sake. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Although it says right here, it says this is an unusual type of text for Sean to receive from Bryce. So maybe not. So later that day, Bryce gave Sean his Xbox and he also gave away a pair of diamond earrings that Karen had given to Bryce. The next day on the 28th, Sean actually called Karen, who Karen, just for a reminder, is his mother with his concerns about Bryce's. So think of how bad it has to be for your yeah. roommate to call your mother and say, yeah. ma'am, ma'am, <laughs> <laughs> something's going on with your child. Can you come get him? Thank you. Something is wrong. So it had to have been things had to be really bad. I mean, I can't ima- like, yeah, because I can't imagine me going around you to call your mom unless it's like same. I mean, and- I've never had to do that before. You know what I mean? Same. And we're like, we, we're close with each other's mothers like that. Yeah, we text them 100%. anyway, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> right. Yeah, this has to be it has for a 20 year old kid, 19, 20 year old kid to I have mad respect for Sean for doing 100 percent. Oh, yeah. OK, so um, later that same night on the 28th, around 1130 p.m., Bryce called his mom himself. He was at Kim's apartment, which was about 90 miles north of Bryce's apartment talking about the relationship and Kim had become so worried about his behavior that he took that she took his keys. Kim got on the phone with Karen and Karen convinced Kim to give Bryce his keys back. Yeah. I I have a problem with that. Yeah. Same. Like I know the mom was just trying to do the right thing and she maybe she doesn't know Kim. Maybe she thinks Kim's a manipulator or something. Yeah. Uh, I I just couldn't imagine you calling my mama and being like Something is going on with Ashley. I took her keys. And my mom being like, oh, well, just give her her keys back. She'll just go home and go to bed. Like, well, no, that's that doesn't. Different from it coming from me because we've known each other for well, decades. <laughs> but I mean, somebody you've only known. It hasn't really been decades. Don't make that face. But for somebody you've only known for a year or two, you're in a relationship. You've just broken up. I could see your mom being like, well. But when you couple it with the phone call she just got from Sean, right? Then that's, that's when I'm it saying. becomes it's a problematic, lot. right? I bet she regrets it so much. I mean, I'm not mother. trying to point fingers. Me at neither. Her, Absolutely just, not. I mean, because I'm I'm not a mom. I don't have children. I don't know what it's like. But I just I I don't know. I, it's just I a, this whole that. thing is just a weird situation. Yeah. So Karen, the mom, told Bryce to just go home and go to bed. Karen offered to fly up there to check on Bryce, but Bryce said no. He said not to come until after he talked to her the next day. He said, quote, I have a lot to talk to you about. So don't ever do that to me. I would never do that to you. But also this sort of is made a big deal of in the episode of Disappeared. I watched about this like it could have changed everything in the case. But it's also could just be a young guy who's trying to get his mom's back. Be like, no, 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 mom, don't worry. I've got a lot to tell you. Just don't worry about it. You know what I mean? Okay, sure. So I don't know. It could be a big deal. It could be nothing. Who knows? We may never know. Isn't that fun? Okay. Well, that escalated quickly. <laughs> I just okay. hate these. Like, I always feel so awful for the families. Because <laughs> again, so, that's, that mom has got to be saying to herself, why didn't I just ask? 
you know, Why and it's I just go. Yeah, it's so not her fault, but it's just one of those things where you just hold it in your head for forever. So a little while later, around 1 a.m., Bryce called Karen, his mom, again. She figured he was calling from his apartment, but he was actually calling from somewhere about an hour south of his apartment. So, like I said, I've followed this case kind of, I, and I've uh, Google Maps it before. So it goes Karen's, I mean, uh, Kim's apartment in, I think, Chico, and then Rockland, and then Laguna Niguel where the parents lived. So Rockland's in the middle. So you have to okay. pass by Rockland to get to Laguna Niguel. So he had already passed his college leaving Kim, okay. leaving Kim's apartment towards so he was, towards he where his parents home. lived. Yes. Okay. Around 11 a.m. the next morning, Karen and Michael got a notification from the car insurance company alerting them to the use of their roadside assistance program on Bryce's car. Karen called Bryce's apartment and spoke to Sean, who told her that Bryce hadn't come home the previous night. Once again, this to me is weird. Bryce had a cell phone and it's okay. 2013. Okay. So why would she call the apartment first before calling the cell phone? Oh. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad, I just, that to me was just that is weird. weird. I'm trying to, okay, so Ryan and I have been together since 2014, uh-huh. and we have never had a home phone, quote unquote. Well, you think about 2006, we graduated from high school. We Home, phone, home phones were out then. We yeah. texted each other all the time. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, especially in 2013, like who has a two it's possible boys just, in an apartment have a home phone? Get out of here. Well, it may have just been like, maybe his parents are super old school and it's just what they're used to but i just i just thought that was kind of odd that is odd okay the parents discovered a charge on their credit card that bryce used in button willa california which was only a few hours away from their home they discovered that the charge was made to castro tire and truck a repair shop the driver from the repair shop who was named christian told karen and michael that he had delivered three gallons of gas to bryce when he had run out at a rest stop about 90 minutes earlier okay because i didn't understand how christian fit into this like everything that i read yeah. just said like his name and i'm like oh, okay then all right <laughs> it's like, like when you okay. tell a story you just drop a random person and then explain <laughs> 30 minutes later who it is yeah <laughs> yeah he's the guy who worked at the shop and he was the driver that took him some gas so somehow karen got a hold of christian after a phone conversation, Christian went down to where he had delivered the gas and Bryce was still in the same exact spot. It had been two hours. This whole thing is just Same weird. spot on the side of the road. Just weird. It gets weirder, guys. It gets weirder. Christian also, we have another MVP here with Christian. Christian is another MVP. Right? Yes. Because I, I do know he ended up going back again or something, didn't he? Uh, yeah. I thought. Okay. So Christian told Bryce that his parents were worried and had Bryce call his parents. Karen told Bryce to get gas and drive the three hours left until he reached their home. Bryce went and filled up his car with gas. At this point, his parents expected him to be home by around three o'clock in the afternoon, 3 p.m. All right. This is when things get really weird. Okay. So hours pass with still no sign of Bryce at the list pieces home. After trying to reach Bryce and receiving no answer, Karen called the Orange County Sheriff's Department to file a missing persons report. The police were able to trace his cell phone to a place only eight miles from where Christian had last seen him, still in Buttonwillow. Okay, pause. So they were able to trace him immediately? Yeah, they had him ping his cell phone. His cell phone was on. I feel like any other time it takes nine weeks well, to get permission I think it's, to ping somebody's cell phone. 
I think his cell phone must have still been on his family plan. So his parents gave the permission. That was what I thought. It's never really spelled out, but that was my first thought. Okay. But still, hours later, I think this is like around six o'clock in the evening. Six hours later, he's still in Buttonwillow. So it's been since at least 11 a.m. when his parents got the notification, right? So it's been at least like seven hours. Longer than that, because Christian, they got in touch with Christian at 11 a.m.-ish. And he said it had been about an hour and a half. So it had to have been probably around nine o'clock in the morning. Okay, so 9 a.m. And so now we're at 6 p.m. And he's still in the same spot. Still in Buttonwillow, about eight miles from where Christian had him call his parents. Okay. Okay, so the police officers said Bryce seemed lucid and friendly and he didn't show any signs of intoxication. There was no alcohol or drugs found in his vehicle. Bryce told the officers that he was parked there to, quote, blow off steam. What? I don't know. The officers told him that his parents were worried about him and Bryce called his mom again. According to the officers, Bryce was reluctant to make the call. Karen convinced him to make the three hour drive home and he agreed. So this is where I really struggle with the parents. Everything else I can sort of justify and 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 I know that they look back on this day and have so many regrets I'm and sure. wish they I, I know that they do. But part of the reason we talk about these cases is to learn something to that we can do. Yeah. Differently in the future. Yes. This is the point where Karen should have got Karen or Mike should have gotten in the car and driven to their kid. Yes. yes. Because the cops can say that he seems fine, but they don't know him. Right. And even like sometimes you're just drunk enough or just high enough or just whatever enough that you can sort of be quote act unquote, fine. Normal. Yeah. Yeah. So I really struggle from this point on. And like I said, I know the parents have so many regrets. I just in the future just... Oh, it's just don't so hard. Yes. <laughs> just, I don't understand. I, I, okay. So an hour after Bryce agreed to make the three hour drive home, Christian, who had missed a call from Karen earlier, called her back. After speaking with her for a minute to find out the situation, Christian offered to check on Bryce again. A while later, Christian called Karen to inform her that Bryce was still there. Still sit in the same spot. Finally, 30 minutes later, Christian follows Bryce to make sure that he got on the road. He followed him for about 10 miles, and then Christian got off the interstate, made his way home. For the next few hours, Bryce and his parents stay in contact while he makes his way home. They asked him to describe what he was passing on his way home so that they could track his progress. He told them that it was too dark, and he couldn't really see anything. At 2.09 a.m., Bryce called Karen for the last time. He told her he's tired, and he's pulling off the I-5 for a quick nap. She agreed with his decision and figured she'd see him in a few hours. But the next morning, it wasn't Bryce that showed up at her door at 8 a.m. It was California Highway Patrol. Officers going for a training exercise at Castaic Lake found Bryce's vehicle wrecked and abandoned. And Castaic Lake, just for reference, was about two hours north of the house. So he had driven so he about had an only, hour. I was going to say he's only gone an hour. About an hour. So Bryce's vehicle was laying on the passenger side. It was about 25 feet down a ravine. The rear window had been shattered from the inside, like he had had to uh, shatter it to get out. out. Mm -hmm. His phone and laptop were found in the vehicle. His wallet and his duffel bag were found outside of the car near the back window, but there was no Bryce. There were some small spots of blood, but there was it was nothing that seemed dangerous or life threatening. So he basically spent the whole day hanging around Buttonwillow and then drove an hour. And now his cars appeared down a lake. I mean, beside a lake. He's nowhere to be found. And he's not around. All his stuff is there, but no Bryce. Again, I'm going to say this one more time. After the second time that Bryce did not actually make his way home. 
especially when you put it together with all the other stuff. The phone call from the roommate, the co- phone call from the girlfriend, the he's gone. He never made his way home. Like, there's just so much. And like we said, we know the parents look back and have so many regrets in which they've done everything differently. But we have to learn how to handle these things in the future. Just go get your kid. And I know that you said that maybe Karen didn't know Kim that well, uh-huh. you know, or whatever. But when you have two that was my yeah two people close to your son hey something's not right go do something like i can't imagine you calling my mom and just being like and my mama being like oh she'll be all right you know right yeah again i'm sorry i don't have kids i know that i don't yeah but we both know i know that i wouldn't have reacted this way since because i've done this i feel like i've had this conversation with you and with ben has called me in the middle of the night stressed out and i had to go get like you just go you know right so it appeared that bryce was accelerating while driving down the hill divers searched the lake but found nothing search dogs were used and they were able to track his scent across a bridge to a nearby truck stop but then the trail went cold oddly enough on september 4th so this was all on um august 30th uh, so on September 4th, charred remains were found near the lake, but they did not belong to Bryce. But whose were they, though? Did we ever get an ID on this? No. It's never mentioned anywhere. <laughs> no. Nowhere. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Um, in 2017, so four years later, a skull was found, but again, not Bryce. Karen said, quote, I'll never give up hope, but it's really difficult. It's gut-wrenching every day, not knowing. It's a living nightmare. And that's what we say all the time. Like, do you sit there and just wait for years and years just hoping he'll come home? Like, you know, do you see him out in places and be like, yes. oh, my God. Do you, you know what I mean? Yes, because actually that's exactly what they do because there's a Facebook group where they report sightings and they try and confirm whether or not it's Bryce. So... He was last seen wearing white cargo shorts, a blue and white checkered shirt, and red and white Nike shoes. He is a roughly six foot tall white male with red hair and blue eyes, weighing around 170 pounds. He has a tattoo on his left arm shoulder area of a Taurus bullhead. And it's a big tattoo. I was trying to see a picture. I couldn't find one. Yeah, it's a big tattoo. Um, And he's a very distinctive looking guy, like. He's very distinctive. Yeah. And that big smile. He's got a big smile. He does. Yeah. If you have any information, call the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department at 818-984-0630 and reference case number 13119-9406. And because I remember you telling me about the missing, the uh, like the government websites uh-huh. or whatever, they say that he went missing on August 12th. What, the date is absolutely the basic thing. Why Why are so many places getting that wrong? Ugh. Okay. Okay, so one of the things that we sort of alluded to earlier is his parents, he seemed to have a little bit of a substance abuse issue, yeah. which yeah, is pretty sure. common. Sure. I feel like a lot of, especially that age, you're just sort of away from your parents, you're experimenting. His parents seem to be in a little bit of denial about what he was doing. Again, I feel like a lot of parents are... <laughs> Sure. But they acted like he never ever drank anything. And if he's putting away two fists of liquor in a weekend, yes, he is. And it's a common thing. And it yeah, and it's common. He is. And they just sort of seem to be in denial about that. And I just don't think that it helps the case. Um, especially I do wonder if he had some 
he was at the right age for some undiagnosed mental health situation to come up bipolar schizophrenia. Um, and I do wonder if he was self-medicating with, and I have no evidence of any of that except for the change in his behavior and demeanor. And so I just, I wonder if that may have been what's going on. And then, all right, so there's like a little service road beside a cell phone tower. And he drove off the little service road beside the cell phone tower, but the service road kind of ends right down the hill. And at the top of the hill, kind of looking out, it almost looks like the lake is right there. So they wonder if he was driving down to like go into the lake as a suicide attempt. Okay. And he thought the lake was a lot closer than it was because it actually doesn't, if you go off the edge there, it doesn't go into the lake. It just goes like a ravine, like we said. Sure. So they do wonder if it was a suicide attempt. And then, so there's a security camera near the cell phone tower on that road uh, called Hughes Road, Lake Hughes Road. And he drove past it several times throughout the night. Once at 2.15 and once at 4.29. And according to the um, Disappeared episode I watched, he was heading in the same direction both times, which means he passed it and then looped around and came back past came it. Back. And one time was at 2.15. So after his last phone call to his parents, and then the second time was at 4.29. So it, it does make sense that he, if suicide is what is on his mind, trying to find a... I'm trying to be as sensitive as possible. Uh-huh. Trying to find a a spot that'll get it done. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um you scout out places um and then if you find one you sorry. Uh-huh. Um sorry. Um if you find one then you're like, "Oh, okay, that's it." And then you want to just double check and make sure. So uh-huh. I I can definitely uh see and understand him going, you know, to somewhere twice Uh to make sure it's the right spot i guess but then you also wonder the dogs traced his scent so i wonder if that happened before or after i wonder if he did park his car there and then walk to the truck stop because i can't really i couldn't really find how far away the truck stop was from where he drove are you okay (laughs) yeah okay yeah i couldn't really find how far away go my theory would have been if if that's what he was trying to accomplish Uh uh-huh and then um again this i did not realize this was gonna happen okay oh um, no (laughs) good we're good everybody's good everything it's fine i'm fine everything's fine um i haven't eaten okay so (laughs) if that's what you're trying to accomplish and it doesn't work or doesn't Uh go as planned and then you're just like oh well crap and so maybe that's when he walked to the truck stop Uh uh-huh because now he has no injury car, some kind of injury no, yeah sure an injury um your car is torn up in the middle of an accident like you don't even though his phone was found you don't know where your phone is you don't know where your wallet is when you have like a car accident you just all you can think about is getting away well but that's not necessarily true because his wallet and his duffel bag were outside the car beside the back window where he got out which means he pulled them out of the car uh, oh that's true that's yeah true i don't think about that because I was thinking, like, my phone was just... I had no idea where my phone was. Well, yeah. And that makes sense. But, like, one of the theories, of course, is that he walked away on purpose. He didn't do that. I don't believe that he did that at all. I don't know if he's... If something like schizophrenia or or something like that was... um, What's the word? Not building up in him. Uh, happening? Happening. <laughs> if he was... 
I, I didn't know how to, because you don't just develop, like, develop it? Develop schizophrenia? You know what I mean? Onset of it. If you was having the onset of schizophrenia, then walking away seems plausible. 100% it does. Yeah, but he's also so distinctive looking. And this was a very well-publicized case in the area. But a mental health issue, you don't always necessarily realize, hey, people are going to notice me. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, so somebody would have noticed him if he wasn't thinking about people are going to notice me. He wouldn't have been trying to be unnoticeable. Yeah, but if even if they put up stuff, I mean, you can be anywhere within a day. You know what I'm saying? Like it wouldn't it wouldn't take him if he could hide out for a few hours. He can. I don't know. I see. I can see him walking away. I can. 100 percent. I can. Yeah, but he was giving away his stuff and he didn't take anything with him. Why would he need to? He'll figure it out. He, if he, if mental health is an issue, you're not planning this out. Yeah, but then I you feel like you're saying? contradicting yourself with your argument. How so? Because he doesn't have anything, which means he would have to encounter someone to get somewhere, get food, get shelter. And then you're saying, but he also he's hiding out and no one sees him. Well, I'm saying like, so he doesn't bring anything with him. Uh-huh. And he doesn't realize that he's, as you say, distinctive looking. He's... I don't and know. now injured in some way from an accident. I wouldn't say Maybe. he'd be hiding, but I'm saying like he would have encountered somebody. Somebody would have seen him to say, oh, yeah, I saw that kid that night. He was he, he looked crazy or he looked something was wrong oh. with him. Do you know what I'm so saying? Like not necessarily like talking to him. Or no, 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 no. Yeah. Just see, physically. Just, just there. That, yeah, I see. Okay. I see that guy. OK, OK, OK. Especially if he was experiencing a mental health episode, they at least would have seen him and said, oh, we need to go lock the doors or we need to call some, you know, they would have, sure. somebody would have seen him. But so that's why I think that probably he is heartbreakingly somewhere in that lake and they just haven't found him, which I hope that's not true. I, there is no good situation here or he made it to the truck stop and no met with foul play. There's just, I just, I, I, and it just, part of it is that it's so heartbreaking to think that he chose to walk away from his life and left his parents um, with no answers. I, th I don't think that he would have done that because that's such a selfish thing to do. You mentioned again that he was giving away his stuff and it, it didn't click until just now that, that that's a very common... Mm -hmm. And his messages, breaking thing. up with his girlfriend. Yep. Cutting all ties. Yeah. That's why I was leaning towards, I think he was probably going to try suicide, which is sad. And I just, it's very heartbreaking and I hate that his family doesn't have any answers. Yeah. That was I'm not okay. This one was not fun. <laughs> no, none of them are fun. But this one is a heart. That's I just because this is Hard. one that is just I hate it here. <laughs> Give me a happy ending, please. Okay, please. All right. So for our birthdays today, August thirtieth in seventeen ninety seven, Mary Shelley was born. She wrote Frankenstein. Oh, but am, am I supposed to know this? Yes. I'm so sorry. Her <laughs> I'm so sorry to disappoint. <laughs> Oopsies. Okay. All right. Uh, and then I'm in nine friends. <laughs> only because I don't have any other choices. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> and then in 1983, Michael Grant Terry was born, and he was in. He played Wendell in Bones, one of the little interns, the cute little blonde one that dated Angela for a while. Oh yeah, he was so cute. He also had a bit part in um, Criminal Minds on one episode too. Yes. And then in 1983, I know you don't know who this is, so this one's straight up for you, Sarah. Um, in 1983, Matsumoto June was born, and he was my very first 
the very first Japanese TV show I watched, he was the first, like, what just happened? It's, it, it's just my cats. It's fine. Anyways, I had a huge crush on him in high school. Okay. Aww. <laughs> so. I uh, was born. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Kelly's imaginary boyfriend. <laughs> this is why I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. These are really interesting events today. They're really odd. These are always my favorite ones. Just the weird ones. Okay. I'm not Googling. I'm so excited for this. I don't think you have to Google anything, actually. Just one of those weird things where you're just like, huh, I never thought of that. All right. So in 1146, European leaders outlawed the crossbow, intending to end war for all time. Forever? It just, the crossbow's gone. We can't have wars anymore. (laughs) We're done. (laughs) Wars are over. That's me as a leader. And people still kept hitting each other with swords. And they're like, but but no, we said it was done. I said, I ought. I said no more. Stop it. Okay, so no more crossbows. Fair enough. Okay. War's over. I don't know if y'all knew that or not. Yeah. It's done. We've never had another war since then. What are you talking about? Okay. (laughs) All right. Then in 1890, this one grossed me out. In 1890, President Benjamin Harrison signed the first United States law requiring the inspection of meat products. That means they could just sell meat as like whatever. Here's my thing. How, what happened for the entire Girl. to be like hold up hold up have you read the, need... the jungle by upton nope. sinclair that's what happened no but i have it <gasps> don't do it it's gonna mess you up do it don't do it <laughs> i'm undecided <laughs> i just looked at you just trying to wait for you to find a like final answer because I don't know what to do until you tell me to do it. It's all up to me. It's too much pressure. <laughs> do I read this book or not? Okay. I'm undecided. Okay. Boy, can you tell this episode really stressed us out? Because we're really amused right now. <laughs> Stress relief. Okay. I, I knew you would enjoy this one. Okay. In the 1901, English engineer Hubert Cecil Booth patented the powered vacuum cleaner. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. And what year? 1901. Dang. Okay. Did they even have electricity then? Um, I don't know. When was I, electricity? Because I highly... I, did he? Did they plug it into the wall? English scientist William Gilbert discovered electricity in the year 1600. That's a lie. <laughs> Somebody made that up. No way. <laughs> Haven't you seen the Patriot? They didn't have lights. And that was in Revolutionary War. Get out of here. They didn't have it in Gone with the Wind. Electricity became common in homes in urban areas in 1930s. Why was he invited to powered? Maybe it wasn't powered on electricity. It just says powered. Oh, no. Now we got to do research. Why did you ask me a question? He was on the little bike with the pedals. (laughs) (laughs) The vacuum bike. (laughs) He just just pushed it around with vroom, vroom. (laughs) Shoo, shoo. It wasn't really powered. His wife just told him it was. You did great, Yes, honey. sweetie. That's fantastic. You did a great job. <laughs> he won't pick his, put his freaking shoes away. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Your vacuum cleaner's great, sweetie. Yeah. It's, ooh, wow. Look at it go. Wow. It's so clean. Just pick up his freaking socks and put them in the dirty clothes hamper. That'd be fantastic. He falls asleep and she's like going through the carpet, picking up stuff. <laughs> and just crying. I hate my life. 
<laughs> my husband's an idiot. <laughs> Poor Annie. We don't have an electricity yet, but okay. <laughs> Poor Miss Booth. <laughs> I need. I needed this. I needed this after today. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> okay. What else we got? That's it. That's all we got today. Isn't that not enough? <laughs> Oh, okay. that's fair. I'm happy. I am. I am a happy camper. <laughs> Poor Miss Booth. Okay. Poor Mrs. Booth. She tried so hard. Ooh, she did. <laughs> All right. So who caught your? I can tell. Who caught your eye this week? All right. So I've got two. One is don't tell Dan. Spider Man. Don't tell Dan. Spider Man. <laughs> don't tell Dan or Iron Man, but Spider Man. Because I watched the very first one uh-huh. the other night, and I just, he's so freaking adorable. He's like, so sincere, it, like, hurts your feelings. <laughs> he is, yes! Yes! That's he why I have like, such a hard time watching those movies, because I just want to wrap him in bubble wrap and put him away. <laughs> it's <laughs> and it's like... uh like a cute like aggression thing like i just uh-huh. want to be like oh my god like i just want to squeeze him to death he's so cute that escalated so quickly i'm oh, sorry oh, don't put that in there cut that out um, <laughs> sorry tom holland um but he's just he's just freaking adorable he is the, i agree my other one so remember i told you i was on the history channel website the other night and i was like uh-huh. reading like cleopatra and stuff so there's a podcast that the history channel does it's called um this week in history or, or uh-huh. something like that and the the host is sally helm okay and i just she's so cute <laughs> like i don't know what she looks like or anything like that but listening you just love to the her podcast because i've listened to it for days uh-huh. yes i just love her she's so freaking cute and like dorky and nerdy and i just want to be friends with her that's all. one day one day so spider-man and sally who you got who caught your eye <laughs> spider-man and sally <laughs> and mrs booth a little <laughs> mrs booth now yes okay so this week i read the um so one of my favorite authors karen rose i had to wait forever for the third book in the series that i was reading to come into the library and i finished it this week and it was so good Is you should read it yes for? anyway she writes like suspense thriller books and the most recent book that i've read she actually just released another one that i haven't had a chance to read yet I've read every single one of them besides that. Silence of the Lamps? What are you talking about? What was her name? Karen Rose. Oh, it's the Sacramento book series. So what's her name? Karen Rose. Rose like the flower. Oh, because I think Karen like Bryce's mom. Oh, it came out Karen Rose Smith and it's an American author. And one of her books is Silence of the Lamps. Well, that sounds fantastic, but that's a different author. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I do need to read this. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Anyway, so in this book series, they their first book is a there's a serial killer who tries to grab a, a woman on the street, but she manages to fight him off. And then, but he's wearing like a a trophy from like a previous victim, and she manages to get it off him. And it discovers it's a necklace from a woman who used to be in a cult. And so the FBI gets involved, and so they start going after the. Anyways, it's really good. And so this book, they finally like brought down the cult, so it was really good. Oh, spoiler alert! Sorry. Dang! Now I can't read it. <laughs> Yeah, because you didn't know that would happen. I mean, I didn't know, like, you're on book three. How did I know they didn't take down the cult in book seven? Because there's only three in the series. That's the end. Yeah, but... oh, And I like her... I like, well, her books are really cool because she'll do a couple books and then 
have characters that'll pop up randomly in other books just as side oh, characters. Oh, I do like that. Yeah. yeah. So it's really fun to read and just be like, I know you! <laughs> don't know them. <laughs> I don't know them. <laughs> like, look at you, you're all grown up. <laughs> like, the fu- the last guy in this book was the kid who was in the her very first book she wrote. He was a kid. And now he's an adult. And now he was like an FBI agent in this book. And I was like, oh, you proved so good. You did so good. Anyways. So Karen Rose caught my eye this week. That's fair. Okay. I really am glad we did a happy ending thing because. (laughs) That's why we have to do it. We have to let the, because this one. I would not have been okay after this one. Some of these are so really hit you hard. That wasn't you. That was the general you. Because I've had ones where I just, yeah. Anyway. from August 30th, 2013. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at A Date With Murder and on Facebook at A Date With Pod. Bye. Love you, miss you, bye. Love you, miss you, bye. Wait. Love you, miss you, bye. Okay, love you, miss you, bye. Love you, miss you, bye. Amen. Amen. Please don't get murdered. I'm sorry. Especially when I'm watching it because then I'll have to do something about it. (laughs) I just want to be done for the day. Please don't give me more work. <laughs> I'm in here. All the doors are locked. So that's it. That's all I got. That's all I can do. And I would like for you to really think about how your murder would affect me. Okay. That's fair. Thank you. Um, are you coming for Riley's birthday or are you not? Yes. Okay, good. Is mama coming? She is not. She's actually oh. leaving for Vegas that day. <gasps> how dare she? I know. That's what I said. <sighs> but she booked a flight back in like January. I had my kid back in 2014, so. I mean, right? That's what I said. Just get it. That's not my responsibility, ma'am. Get your life together. All right, you ready? Yeah, I got a UTI. So <laughs> I'm not ready. I'm sorry. I think you were answering a different question than what I asked. <laughs> That was my way of telling you I wasn't ready. <laughs> you can just say no, sweetie. Like, <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs>